Wishing all our listeners and viewers very happy holidays. On November the 11th, 2014, a Navy captain and technician were on a routine daytime patrol mission flying north along the Chilean coast just west of Santiago. And they filmed an unidentified anomalous phenomenon using a state-of-the-art infrared camera system to detect its heat signature. Could this be footage of an actual otherworldly craft, or is there a more terrestrial explanation? Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we review the footage and get into some heated debate over it. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Aliens Explored, this time for your special Christmas episode. Um, although um, the theme isn't particularly Christmassy, but uh, we're looking very Christmassy here. I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Santa Stew. Santa Stew, got your Santa hat on, got your Santa background. Um, the, the, the most Christmassy background I could find at, at short notice when I realised this was, oh, we're going to do a Christmas one. So I've got the Aurora Borealis behind me, so it looks like I'm sat out in the cold. <laughs> When you're tucked it up in the warm with your Christmas tree, your scarf. Up. You've got your earmuffs on, though. That that is the weird <laughs> thing about working in this industry, isn't it? When you start doing Christmas things months before Christmas, yeah, you go to shows and you've got to put on Christmas party hats and <laughs> pull well, crackers. Yeah, to give and... uh, to give the listeners a bit of a peek behind the curtain, because you and I we're going to be very busy during December aren't we um, we are indeed yeah we both got our our commitments and uh, and creeping into November as well um so we're doing these a little bit in advance it's still October we haven't even had Halloween yet <laughs> no no we haven't but we I'm, we know I'm that was, yeah the, the minute Halloween is over you know first of November <laughs> All Hallow, All Hallows, was it All Hallows Day, All Saints, Saints Day, or All Hallows Eve? Uh, yeah, Halloween's All Hallows Eve. But what's the next mm. day? What, what's it the eve of? Is it uh, Day of the Dead? Uh, it's not not like the Mexican Day of the Dead, is it? That's in February. Um, um, yeah, I've whatever whatever it, it is, um, that is the day that all the Halloween decorations come down and the Christmas decorations go up. I well, don't think there yeah. is an interlude. If anything, there's an overlap. 
I'm uh, I'm usually the one on social media sort of really criticising um, people for talking about Christmas when we haven't had Halloween. I mean, even in November, although you and I have, have worked as seasonal characters in November. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, towards the end of November, okay. But I, well, I rarely put up decorations myself. Um, mm. It's just so that this is a, this is not my house. Um, <laughs> it's, not, well, it's presumably somebody else's house. That's just a Zoom background. Um, it's not what my house looks like at yes, all. And I'm not really out in the woods in the Arctic Circle. <laughs> <laughs> the magic Either. that yeah. is Zoom. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Uh, as well as going forward in time, though, to mm. Christmas in this episode, we're also going back in time, back Not to very far back, twenty fourteen, uh, nearly ten years ago. Nine years, yeah, nine years ago. Twenty fourteen, uh, November twenty four, uh, twenty fourteen. So yeah, very, so nearly and eleven nearly- years then. No, 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 no nine, nine years. years. No, nine years. <laughs> You're the wrong way. Anyway, we're not here to I test can't our do maths. maths. Honestly, we're we're here to talk about some footage that was taken by a a Chilean military helicopter in 2014 yes. and was released to the public in 2017. That's correct. Just over two years later. Um, yeah. Now the Ch- Chileans, uh, Chilean government, I think you know, they're absolutely brilliant with this. UAP footage, they're very open about it. Like, you compare that to other nations uh, looking at you, America, and ourselves, Great Britain, uh, where UAP footage taken by military in particular is kept very, very secret and not discussed. Uh, Chileans are very open about their UFO investigations, UAP Well, you know, the, 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 the British government is ludicrously secretive. I mm. mean, e- even compared to um, you know, my dealings with Americans, they're far more open than than we are. I remember working in Army Intelligence and we had this manual that was classified secret, not to be taken out of the building, the special you know, secure building that we worked in when I was in training. And we had um, a Canadian NCO attached to us and um, I went to see him in his room, and he had that same book on his bookshelf in his bedroom, completely insecure location, and it was classified restricted. Well, restricted is the lowest military classification. For instance, um, what's on the menu for lunch in the cookhouse every day is restricted. What time um, morning roll call is is restricted information, even though it's the same every day. So, yeah, everything is everything has some theoretical classification but yeah from it went from secret to restricted just between two nations um so yeah britain is really 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 secretive i mean there's that biographer who wanted to do a biography on prince andrew and uh, the royal family are not subject to freedom of information requests but he asked anyway and he, he just basically when prince andrew was working as a commercial envoy um, going to places like Saudi Arabia because companies that want to deal with Saudi Arabia they know they're going to be dealing with princes because everyone in official position in that Saudi Arabia is a prince so they say well we brought our own prince so he just asked the question so basically can we have some details about what he was doing on our behalf for the taxpayer 
and he was told, no, that information won't be released until 2065, which, as <laughs> always, has anything to do with Prince Andrew, suggests there's something to hide about that. <laughs> that the answer is he didn't do anything very useful, or actually he was a he he actually hindered negotiations more than he helped them. Well, whatever, you know, draw your own conclusions, but why are you keeping it secret? Yeah. That's my th- yeah, that's my it. thought. Anyway, but so yeah, um the British government is very secretive. Um but yeah, the Chileans they they made this they made this footage um available. And what it is, yeah. it's um it's infrared footage of what looks like two blobs joined together, two black blobs yeah. in the sky. And then at one point it releases a long black trail which hangs in the sky. Yes, the plume. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it was visible to the naked eye, only through infrared. And it was at two so PM, just, wasn't it? So just, it was... to, just to clarify because that's that could be misinterpreted. The UFO or UAP itself was visible to the naked eye. It's the plume that wasn't. No, I understand nothing was visible to the naked eye. Oh I thought nothing these blobs were. No. No, they weren't. So they show up on the optical. So this, um, this they said it's inexplicable objects in the sky. This is a, a this is a report from from the Skeptoid. Um, they're saying it's uh, it was first spotted on the infrared camera. Estimated it was travelling west northwest and was some thirty five to forty miles away, though they had no instrument readings on it. Local airports also reported no radar contact. Okay, um, the okay, pilot tried to directly hail the object here. but received no reply. <laughs> Let, okay. Let's let's just let's just take it one bit at a time. So Okay. You've got the military helicopter who was on manoeuvres, um on, on patrol in fact, uh, near Santiago, which is the uh, Chilean capital. Just off the coast, yeah, so we're talking they north were Chile, just Chile. off the coast. So yeah, so they were west of Santiago. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the 11th of November 2014. Yeah. Um, like I say, military helicopter. Um, they were using some what was then very new technology, uh, forward-looking infrared cameras, or what mm. we now call FLIR cams. Now, literally, so in in the space of time it's taken since that was like that was groundbreaking new technology. Mm. Um, I can literally on my iPhone get an add-on that turns it into a FLIR cam. <laughs> the, the technology is that's how fast the technology's fine. moved. Okay. Um, now the the particular aspect of the infrared element of it is it detects heat and it can detect heat at a great distance. Like you say, this was estimated to be sort of thirty-five, forty miles away. This hmm. object, and it still showed up really clearly as a heat object. Mm. Now, that means it was putting out a tremendous amount of heat. Um, And indeed, the fact it showed up as a a black, really clear black blob, (laughs) as it were, that means it must have been incredibly hot. I I haven't found any estimates as to what heat it must have been, but to be detectable at that sort of range... That's that's not a it's not a warm object. You wouldn't want to touch it. Let's put it that way. 
Okay, but um, you know anything you'd find on a, a fighter plane, uh, it needs to identify and target objects that might be fifty or uh, uh, up to a hundred miles away. Mm-hmm. So um, they they will fire a missile. I guess they will pick it up on their radar and fire a missile, and the missile will eventually pick up the heat signal and home yes. in on that. So yes, initially, that... I guess initially a missile is fired blind in the general direction. And then relies on its own sensors to pick up a target. That's as I understand it. Not necessarily the right target. Um, Um, Which is how, you know, unfortunate situations do occur. Um, Now, interestingly, though, this particular object, or possibly mm. two objects, it's it's really hard to tell, did not appear on radar at all. Yeah. Um, the helicopter crew tried communicating with it, and by that I'm, I'm I can only presume they uh, tried radio contact with it. Um, did not yes. get a response. Mm. Um, but they tracked this thing. They they tracked it uh, using their flurcam. Now this flurcam they could switch back to optical, and this is where uh, this is where we we have. A discrepancy in in our reports. Uh, no, as I understood it, the the object itself was still visible as a glowing orb, or on on the infrared camera, but not to the naked eye. On the optical um, version, when they when they switched it from infrared to optical, then it vanished. It, it was only they only <coughs> had an. The only video footage. I like the way they, they it's on YouTube and they've set it to music. Um, but uh, that wouldn't yeah. be the Chilean government. <laughs> that wouldn't be the Chilean government. No, but say it's been no. it's been released. Somebody, somebody, some some YouTuber has put mm. music to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it definitely twice it emits uh, a plume. And again, because this shows up really clearly on the infrared, it's Hmm. something that is heated. Um, This is out over sea, so it's, um, again, west. Hmm. So so the the helicopter was west of Santiago, off the coast, and this is west again, so this is further out to sea. Um, Yeah, twice it emits this, this long plume... Of it, it looks like a bit like a plume of smoke, I suppose, doesn't it? It looks black on that on that footage, which means um, it's hot. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, I guess if it's, if it's steam, yeah, it probably is. That's been yeah, emitted be. from a jet engine. Then steam yeah, probably. or hot gases of some description. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, the object was moving um, pretty much the same speed as the helicopter, so uh, they know that was 130 knots. Now, oh, I was going to do a conversion of knots to miles per hour or kilometres per hour. Um, There's not much difference between knots and miles per hour, is there? I mean, it's a... Is there not? I don't okay. think so. So we're no, not talking it's, it's... massively high speed. Um... Not for this an aircraft. Is, yeah, this is what the crew tri- triangulated themselves 
Um, but I'm reading all sorts of evidence as to why they got it wrong. Okay, I'd be interested if it's evidence. I mean, a lot of people claim things as evidence when it's supposition. So, <laughs> always hesitant with the word evidence. Mm. There's um, a lot of evidence. evidence. Is facts and statistics. Yeah. Um, if um, the crew noticed it was moving at approximately the same rate as them, I would take that. I, I you know, I, I can take that. And don't forget, the Chilean government did a two-year investigation <clears throat> into this, and they themselves have not countered that. They have right. Said, there are oh, there are flaws. There are flaws with the investigation as well that have been pointed out. Oh, so okay. so first of all. Um, Working with with the evidence they had, they had the timestamps, GPS track of the helicopter taken from the video, exact log of its time, speed, position throughout its mission, yeah. um, interpretations of all the other data uh, recorded by the infrared camera, including the timestamps, the stamps, the camera's <coughs> mode, direction, zoom level, and also there's a publicly available ADS-B track of a commercial airline, the Iberia Airlines flight IB six eight three zero, giving it its time altitude and position data and the reason why the airliner fits in is because that according to the time position data the IB 6830 would have occupied the exact position on the helicopter's infrared camera that the UFO did um, <coughs> so when they when they first when the crew first picked it up um, the IB 6830 had just completed a northward turn from Santiago Airport and was heading north, gaining altitude. So it was on a roughly parallel course to the helicopter, just a bit further north, but obviously going much faster. But from the perspective of the helicopter, it would have looked like it was going slowly to the west, or was it west, west-northwest, as, as they thought. So when they contacted the ground stations for asked for radar contacts, they were told there's nothing there because they were actually looking in the wrong place. Um, it's a close... What the camera they were using was a close-range camera system used for things like police search and rescue, um, other applications like surveillance, um, but, say, very different from what you'd find on a fighter plane that's used to identify targets a long way away. So there's this suggestion that what they... What they did, they misidentified the location just because they, they were using the wrong kind of camera. They picked up an aircraft but misidentified it. So ground radar looked at that spot and said, no, there's nothing there. Um, but they would, have, they would have seen the aircraft, but it wouldn't have been where the crew were saying they saw it. Um, so... So basically a passenger so, jet is what you're saying. A passenger jet, yeah. And those two blobs are exactly what the engines of a four engine jet plane would look like two engines on each wing you get two sort of blobs that look sort of slightly close together and then when you get the um the contrail um some what they're saying is contrails look exactly like that they show up the same black color as warm dense clouds but they're not constant because um fuel burning aircraft produce water vapor um and if the ambient temperature and humidity are right, the, that water vapour quickly condenses into a persistent cloud. But atmospheric conditions are never homogenous, so you get pockets of warm and cool air. So if the conditions are right on the edge, the contrails will stop and start as the aircraft flies through various bubbles of, of humidity. 
So it's visible in countless videos of planes leaving contra contrails. And that's what it's what's being suggested here is that's what the helicopter crew witnessed. Um, why couldn't the Chilean committee figure this out for themselves? Um, they say, well, it's... Well, it can, a, I, can yeah. I ask some questions? Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, that's yeah. going to be one of my questions, but I have some others first. Okay. Um, first of all, if that... So, first of all, where is this evidence coming from? Um, I'm reading a report in uh, The Skeptoid, but it's not. They're not saying it's evidence. What they they're not producing any evidence. They're just. You, you used the word evidence. <laughs> okay, I used the word evidence. Evidence would be you can look at um, infrared footage of passenger aircraft, and they will look like this. Okay, does it that because? Yeah, yeah. You get the two sort of blobs. I don't recall together, ever will, seeing that. Um, which will be the engine a, or two engines on each wing. And um, the contrails, which will be sporadic, because um, when, when the conditions are different, they, they you don't really see a contrail, and then it will fly through a bubble of humidity, and you'll see a contrail. Because it's not only the engines that get warm. The fuselage itself is warm as well. It has to be, otherwise the people inside would freeze. So why um, are we not seeing the fuselage? Well, no, because it's, it's insulated, isn't it? The outside of a plane is freezing. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, let's let's go on to this. So, like you know, and it's the it's the really very very well. Um, mm. So no, let's let's hold off on that question just for a moment. Why didn't if it was just a commercial passenger jet? Mm hmm. This Chilean the Chilean military pilot. I mean, why didn't they identify it as such? Because. You'd have thought, yeah, these are highly trained individuals. You would think, yeah, it's inexcusable for people to be so unfamiliar with common infrared signatures generated by everyday aircraft that they, they wouldn't have recognised them. Um, but what's what's hinted at here, uh, first of all, they chose to make the video public by giving it to a UFO author called Leslie Keane, rather than to a well-known and respected newspaper or TV network. She's a career <laughs> UFO advocate what? and a firm believer in alien visitation. <laughs> um, she was co-author oh. of the infamous New York Times story that supposedly broke the news of the US Navy's ATIP programme. Is um, infamous your word or the word of the sceptoid? The word of the sceptoid. So okay. according to the... This anonymous, okay. this anonymous troll on, on according, the internet. According okay. to the CEFAA's website... The Chilean Commission for the Study of Unidentified Space Phenomena um, is a pure, is a, which is a purely civilian amateur UFO group going back some 50 years, based in Santiago. Um, they were friends, like-minded guys, according to this, who liked to meet and talk about aliens and UFOs, very much like amateur UFO groups. Um, the director that's was the Sergio. Point of view, is it? Yeah. <laughs> the director was Sergio Bravo Flores, a local airport meteorologist who got into it originally because it, it was the phone number people called when they wanted to report a UFO. So, relatively... Basically, what they're saying is this this wasn't handed to um, a committee of experts. It was handed to a, a bunch of guys who were interested in UFOs and um, would, <laughs> would just... Um, you know, use <laughs> disregard okay. anything that would okay. uh, that would I, suggest I otherwise. Hang, hang on, so because I don't want to go too far down this. I don't. I, 
But let me just let me just say this: what? this final bit. But what I, just in conclusion, it wasn't in in quotes the Chilean government so much as it was a small yes, was. group of UFO enthusiasts who no, examined it, it. No, it was it was a group of scientific experts working for the Chilean government. So the sketch Sorry, which are we there any names? is is a uh, rabid disinformation website. Now, I'm not saying there isn't a rational explanation for this Chilean UFO, but that is an incredibly, incredibly biased perspective. They but gave it to is... some UFO amateur. No, this is, yeah, but, this is just because is, somebody the, the... studies UFOs does not make them an amateur, does not make them um, some somebody that you can't, you know. And yeah, I think um, if you're going to release something to the UFO community, releasing it to a UFO expert is a good way of doing it. You would think releasing it to someone who's used to looking at footage of things in the sky, someone who's someone who's an, an air like defense a UFO expert. expert, yes, like, like yeah, like a UFO, but not well, someone who's a point. ufologist, but someone who looks at UFO from the perspective of air defense. There's something in the sky. We that- need to know what it is. That's the point. The Chilean government had done that for two years. They well, had they... air defence experts, military experts, scientific experts, meteorologists looking at this for two years and could well, not come up with the solution. Yeah, because what it's saying here is actually it wasn't that. It was you know, They gave it to a UFO okay, author, I'm, Leslie what King. I, what, I, what I'm suggesting um, is that what it's saying on the sceptoid is... I can be choose my words very carefully here. Is incorrect. No, what I'm what I'm saying is I'm not going to say um, it's lying bollocks. <laughs> that's, that's not lying, but it's stuff you can check yourself, isn't it? You can look yourself at infrared footage yeah. of a of a of a commercial aircraft and okay. see if it looks like that. That's that that's fair enough. But what I'm saying is there is a huge amount of spin and emotive language being used from the sceptoid. They are saying so, things that are actively incorrect, that are untrue. They are they are saying they're, they're quite notorious for it. Okay, but you know, people like Leslie Keane are quite notorious for making claims about UFOs that really don't stand up. She's a, a UFO advocate well, and, a, and making a believer, claims so. or putting forward theories because there is there is a massive difference there. Mm. And a lot of ufologists will put forward theories that people like the sceptical jump and say, oh, they're saying it's this. No, they're putting forward a theory. There's a world of difference. Yeah, but this, this got, is quite compelling. we down a rabbit hole here that I really didn't want us to go down. Okay, so but they're let's, saying... Let's, let's just move away from the sceptoid and what they say, because, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll share but some it's... things with you off air, Neil. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they were. Um, they anyway, didn't. They, um, this so wasn't. My, the, the, it's, so it's, can we it's come back to my camera. questions? Yeah, what's so, your questions? So, my, my questions are if it was a commercial aircraft, mm-hmm. why didn't they respond to the radio communication? Because if you want to hail a commercial aircraft, you, you have to hail them directly, quoting their flight number. Otherwise, they'll ignore you. But if you say, there is a vehicle in this vicinity, respond, you know. Well, they're going to say... For safety reasons, they would respond. 
They, no, they would be talking to ground control. Um, they're, they're, <laughs> they're constantly in contact with ground control. They're, they're being hailed, um, not by name, just a general sort of hail, um, to something which they've misidentified, which they've, and they've misidentified the location because they're seeing it in a through a camera that really isn't designed for that kind of thing in a helicopter that isn't designed as for that kind of thing um is a is it the Eurocopter AS532 Cougar um a multi-role helicopter designed for troop transport medical evacuation and search and rescue specifically not a gunship or mm -hmm. combat helicopter okay. so they're just flying up the coastline they so going into if combat. you take they also didn't this. have the, the camera that they were using wasn't designed for spotting things 30 to 30, 35 to 40 miles away well no it was fairly new technology at the time um, yeah and they so, had no instrument readings on it because actually they they'd mis misread where they'd miscalculated where it actually was well they knew which direction it was in Mm. At least. They, they they contacted local airports who also reported no radar contact with any object in the area however um they have you know, evidence has been produced of this specific airliner that would have been this this uh, iberian ib6830 um, would have been exactly where they probably were looking but thought they were looking somewhere else why was it flying much lower than commercial airlines fly? It was it taking was off. 4,000 feet. It was climbing out of San Diego Airport. So it was, although mm. it was climbing and heading northwards from where the helicopter was, it would have looked like it was flying much more slowly westward. It's just a perspective. Joe, mm. I'm going to... I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm going to not ask my other question because I suspect to know exactly where it'll go, uh, which would have been how come the experts, the scientific experts for two years for the Chilean government missed this? Well, I think we covered that, that obvious, but, um, but uh, the, the people that they mm, handed to, they've got a, got a name here, um, someone in the Chilean, the, the team leader. Um, the director was Sergio Bravo Flores. A local airport yep. meteorologist. But who was on the team? That's well, there you go. I haven't got a any names or numbers of the teams. Uh, it, what it says here is, um, well, the skeptic would deliberately miss those off. But after anyway. a few relatively high-profile UFO cases happening in Chile in the nineteen nineties, another UFO enthusiast, enthusiast, one who happened to be an Air Force officer lobbied the commander-in-chief to create the CEFAA as part of the DGAC, the Civil Aeronautics General Administration. So it's a small group of ufologists, less than a dozen, and it's not clear if it's a volunteer organisation or what, as they, or what, as they are all listed along with their actual professions, things as desperate as medical doctors and law enforcement. OK, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put what you just said in a completely different way, that... Um, hmm. A highly experienced and recognised military official who recognised that there is something to the ufology question um, assured the government that it was worthwhile setting up a UFO inquiry 
yeah, committee. Because he was personally interested in UFOs. Well, no, because he recognised the reality of it. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Mm. I'll tell you what, we've, we've, we've reached the end. We don't want to fall out, although Christmas <laughs> is a time for families falling out. So, uh, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it. But let's, let's put it to our viewers and listeners then. What do you think about the 2014 Chilean UAP video? Is it, as Neil... And the sceptoid say, is it just a commercial jet that was misidentified and the Chilean government didn't really research it? They just chucked some ufologists with no scientific background at it? Or is there more to it, <laughs> as I claim? Let us know what you think via the usual means. You can email us aliensexplored.gmail.com You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter by searching Aliens Explored and of course on our YouTube channel as well where you can put comments and we love reading your comments on our videos so uh, do get in touch via that way as well. But for now we'd like to wish you of course a very merry christmas wouldn't we neil we would merry christmas goodwill and to all men and women and absolutely. children absolutely and of course happy hanukkah um happy kwanzaa happy, happy holidays as they say in the States. Happy, happy holidays that covers it all happy it? have a cool yule a cool yule <laughs> indeed hoover yula hoover yula um, as they say in finland uh, yes, happy holidays indeed. Hope you have uh, a splendid, splendid time with your nearest and dearest. And uh, we'll see, we'll see you one more time this year, uh, just before the new year. Uh, so until oh, and on that time we will be discussing. I had to check my notes. Uh, Brandon Fugel. The owner of Skinwalker Ranch. We'll the new owner of Skinwalker Ranch. The new owner of Skinwalker Ranch. So, yes. Mm. Uh, so, don't miss us for that one. Um, in the meantime, keep watching all these videos. And, of course, keep watching the skies. Take care for now. Merry Catch Christmas. Catch you next time. Have a very Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.